So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. I am. So as you guys know, for the past few weeks, we've been recapping Kim and Chris Humphrey's wedding special, which has been absolutely hands down one of the wildest pieces of television we have ever consumed. And I think some of the most fun we've ever had doing an episode recap. And this week, our plan is that we were going to take a break from that to recap Courtney and Travis's wedding special. We're still going to do that. But I just have to tell you, having just finished watching it, because I finished maybe about 20 minutes ago, it's not that I don't have a lot to say because I do. It's just so much more of the type of show that's enjoyable to watch more so than it is to recap because especially comparatively speaking to Kim and Chris, like there's no drama, which is beautiful. That's exactly how it should be. And I'm so happy for them. But I'm sitting here like, is there really that much to analyze? Because what I feel like I'm watching is just this beautiful love story unfold. I feel like with all things, both Kardashian related and you and I in conjunction with Kardashian related, we go into it and we go into recording thinking, you know, there's not that much here to analyze. There's not that much here to talk about. It really was just an enjoyable watch. And we continue to pick up on all of these little things that end up causing like 10 minute tangents. And so I'm not worried about our ability to discuss this, but I do agree with you. Well, yeah, I mean, I say that knowing that I'm also looking at a nine page outline because you pretty much transcribe the entire episode and we have a bunch of discussion points we want to get through. So not to say there aren't things to discuss, but we are coming off of Kim and Chris, which is like the most incompatible people potentially ever getting married. You know, nothing compares to that. Whereas this was like this love filled, creative, artistic, beautiful display that (laughs) just, I don't know, really, really uh, throws you for a loop when you're so used to 2011 Kim. I mean, beyond so, but also it was such a bug out to watch for two reasons. It was like the difference in the story, the love story between what we were seeing with Courtney and Travis and what we saw with Kim and Chris were night and day is not a good enough comparison. Like they are not strong enough opposites for what we were viewing, but also the family as a whole, the events they put on, the level of class that they bring to these major events in their lives, like Again, night and day is not a strong enough comparison to explain the difference between those two things. Right. Because, you know, walking down a street in the night and walking down a street in the day, the only thing that's really different is the level of light. It's the same street. This is like we are in not even the same planets. I wouldn't even say Earth and Mars are far enough apart. I know. It's so crazy. I am so glad the way the timing of this worked out. I also just want to say going into this, I don't know where everyone's head is at after watching this special, but let me just tell you off the bat as to not disappoint. Like, there's no part of me that was a hater watching this. I know they're super PDA. I know at times they're a little much. I eat this shit up. Like, I am fully sold on the Kravis train. And so if you were coming here because you're excited to kind of talk shit, there's so many times I'm down for that. I can't talk shit about this. I am so happy for them. Like, honestly, I was hysterical. I was really emotional watching this for many reasons, but I got like pretty much nothing bad to say. And I know that may be a little bit boring. So I just want to set expectations going in. I feel the exact same way. And I was going to ask you when we came on, like, was this as emotional as I thought it was? Or like, am I just emotional and watching this? Because I think that I cried maybe 10 times throughout the course of this. And I am so on the Courtney and Travis train, but not in a way that I ever expected myself to be as emotional about it as I was. Well, I think the thing with them, and I don't mean to make this sweeping statement because I'm sure this isn't the case for everyone, but at least the way that I see it is like, 
no matter how you feel about them individually as celebrities or even how you feel about the Kardashian family as a whole, the one thing you can't do is deny the fact that Courtney and Travis are like certainly madly in love. And so to me, that contributed to just the emotional aspect of it. Because even if you thought the whole thing was gaudy and over the top and you weren't really into it and the design choices weren't what you would have done, you didn't love the Dolce & Gabbana, even if all of those things are at play, I just feel like you can't look at them and not think it's two people that are really, really connected. And to me, that's very special. But you know what it is too? I feel like in Hollywood, we've seen a lot of examples that we can point out and say like, wow, they're really in love. Like, you know, this is one of those couples that really fucking love each other. And this is a really strong connection. And this one's real. And this one's not PR. And like, we could see this great love story they have. But the other thing with Courtney and Travis more than anything else is they really like each other. Okay. Yeah. But honestly, in addition to that, forget the rest of Hollywood. Let's only talk about in the context of the Kardashians. We have never seen a Kardashian love story play out in this way. I'm not saying that Kim and Kanye's wedding and at times their relationship wasn't magical, but we never got this type of insight. It never was just this unconditional, overwhelming, fairy tale like love in this same way, even when they were at their best. We've never seen it with Kylie and Travis, not to say that they haven't had times, but we've never seen it. Kendall is wildly private. We've never really seen insight into her relationship. You did see it with Chloe and Lamar, but our view of that in so many ways is so much more dominated by the events that took place towards the end of their relationship. Obviously, Rob and Black China is not the example of true love that we're looking up to. Courtney and Scott, while they had beautiful moments, that was constantly chaos. And honestly, as we're doing this rewatch, not to say Chris and Caitlin didn't have some good years, but they didn't seem to like each other so much towards the end. I know Chris and Robert had a wonderful relationship for a lot of years. We never got to see that firsthand. I'm thrilled for Chris and Corey, but still, if we really want to focus only on the Kardashians, this is like the only example of true, deep love that we have gotten this type of insight in. Well, I, for one, cannot wait for Kylie and Timothy Chalamet's fairytale wedding special. <laughs> That's how this ends. I'm sorry. Like, could you imagine if we are sitting here in a year and a half, two years, having this conversation going, we made a joke when we were recapping Courtney and Travis's wedding special that we thought was so ridiculous at the time about Timothy Chalamet and Kylie's wedding special. And here we are sitting here two years later recapping it. Like, I <laughs> don't know what I would do. I got to be honest with you, Julie, the 25 minutes that we kind of deep dove that on Monday's episode is I think the most mental energy I can give to Kylie and Timothy. But three years down the line, if we're getting Hulu till death do us part, part two, Kylie and Timothy, like, yeah, obviously sign me the fuck up. I, I can't even think about that. I'm like, <laughs> I know I brought it up, but I just, I just had a moment where I was like, that would destroy any version of reality I have. Till death do us part, part three, Kim and Drake. No. See, that wouldn't destroy my reality. That would just be like, okay, I can die happy. That would be like, I fucking knew it. That would be like, I have been saying this since the womb. We we have to get back to Courtney and Travis. But <laughs> I do actually have to say, just to go back for a second to what you were saying and listing all of the examples of previous Kardashian relationships that we've seen. You know, if you're going over the ones where like, at the time, this was like a true love story, Right. Again, I don't know if any of them necessarily fall into that category except for Courtney and Travis, but I will say the closest we potentially had was A, Chloe and Lamar. However, at the time of their wedding, I don't think we were fully, fully on board yet. I don't think we fully understood the deep connection in regards to their relationship. Of course, we know how that now ends, and so we kind of would have been right in that regard. But I think that the way we felt about Chloe and Lamar and how in love with them we fell as a couple happened a little bit farther down the road. Kim and Kanye for a minute there was kind of the example. And it's interesting because in the way that Kanye always spoke about Kim and how we always thought that was like, the telltale sign of their love in terms of being in love with her before, you know, they were even friends or even really knew each other and how, you know, he bought a phone after he heard about Chris Humphreys and Kim's breaking up so that he could contact her. Like that was our example. When you watch the way that Travis talks about being in love with Courtney, it flips the entire Kim and Kanye narrative on its head because it's, it, it, it makes it like obsolete really, because the way that he speaks about her, it has nothing on the way that Kanye and Kim did it was almost it was almost not real in the way that Kanye and Kim did it was his own narcissism that was coming into play that I don't think we necessarily realized until we had this comparison okay 
Yes, 1 million percent. But honestly, if I we want to remove for a second just the way that Kanye spoke about Kim or even the way that Kim spoke about Kanye, because I agree with you, you can't really even compare the two fairly. I think if I'm trying to be the most honest with myself in terms of what you said about like evaluating the level of fairy tale of these different Kardashian relationships, I don't even know if that's a fair thing to evaluate, but you know what I mean? Like if we as the consumer are going to look and see what's the most true love, honestly, if I were to have said Kim and Kanye prior to Courtney and Travis, it would have never been because of what I saw in their actual relationship. It would have been a far more superficial gauge, meaning I probably would have cited the way in which he proposed or the fact that every Mother's Day, you know, he had this entire symphony in her home or the fact that their wedding was this most beautiful European adventure with so many things that were so sentimental or the fact that the gifts that he had given her, yes, were extravagant, but also meant so much to her, like, which I'm not trying to downplay those because I know that they were real. But when push really comes to shove, like at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter. And again, solely from the perspective of a fan, of a consumer, the connection between Courtney and Travis is hands down, unlike any Kardashian connection we have ever seen. And I think it's interesting because it, it brings us to a more general point, which is like, listen, we are the biggest fans of this family. We fucking love them. We don't care who knows, like sue us. It's, you know, it's not something we're ever going to deny. But one thing you can't say about them is that they have given the most like profound example of relationships because they haven't. It's one area of their life that unfortunately they haven't nailed yet for whatever the reason is. Like it just, it hasn't worked out for them. A lot of other stuff has worked out, but that one hasn't. And so I think there's something honestly a little bit disorienting as a Kardashian enthusiast and fan for so long where like you've never been able to just fully jump in on a couple like this with like no hesitation. You know what I mean? Like the last thing I'm worried about is if Travis is going to hurt Courtney. To me, I feel like they are in a different category, not only of celebrity couples, but certainly of Kardashian couples. And I think it's, it's, you know, for people that have been following the family for so many years, it's actually like a newness that we're not used to. Nothing feels new anymore because we've seen it all. This thing feels new. A hundred million percent, yes. And it's so interesting also because I feel like if you are only watching them kind of from afar, you're not watching Kardashians, you're not watching this special, you're not really seeing interviews in the way that they speak about each other, you're literally only watching their red carpet interactions, what you've seen on social media. I think that they have the potential to come off almost like uh, MGK and Megan Fox thing where it's like, when Justin was on our podcast and he said like, you know, when it gets too hot and two people are that hot, like all it creates is a fire. I think you have the potential to look at Travis and Courtney if you really know nothing about them and feel like that is what could be going on there. Like, oh, they're the way that they make out, the way that they're constantly touching each other, the PDA, like there's a toxicity there. Again, if you don't know them, when you're watching this special, that is so completely removed from the equation. I almost want to be like, no, no, you guys don't get it because I think that I would have thought that too if I wasn't wi like firsthand witnessing what was going on here. No, like I wish you could see the intensity with which my head was nodding in agreement with you because yes, I so am on your page. And like, I don't know, I kind of am just past the point of caring if it sounds naive or if it sounds like we're feeding into this. I don't care. I believe that this is true love. I am so happy for them. And I want to talk about this completely drama-free wedding documentary because I had a really fun time watching this hour and 12 minutes. And if you watched it and you enjoyed it and you're here to just kind of process it, like, let's do it. It's not going to be the most riveting episode probably ever because we can't dissect these little dynamics and like the most amazing fights, but there's a bunch of other shit to talk about. And if you're ready to go on this journey, I am too. I was born ready to go on this journey. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. 
And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so obviously the majority of the footage we got from this wedding special was from Portofino, but we got a little bit from Vegas. We got a little bit from Santa Barbara. We'll talk about that, primarily the Vegas one. But I actually wanted to start with the post Courtney did this morning, just giving a little bit more context into how this documentary came to be. She said, all the footage used in our documentary, Till Death Do Us Part, is our personal footage that we later decided to edit into this perfectly imperfect mini film. Our Vegas wedding was all shot on iPhone by Travis's drum tech at Clementi and his music manager at Kevin Wolf. I'm so thankful to them for capturing the night or I truly would not have remembered it, which is true. I mean, she was blackout. (laughs) She was blackout. I was dying from that. Dying. We'll talk about that in a second. She then says, our Santa Barbara wedding was shot by at Julia Kulik, who we asked to come document the day for our personal memories like many brides and grooms do. I always tell her she is a true artist. When we were asked about filming our wedding in Italy, our final decision was that we didn't want the show's cameras there, and I'm so happy with that decision. I did have the iconic Ellen Von Unworth in Italy with us to capture our moments, and she brought a videographer on her team who shot lots of raw footage. We also had Pierre come shoot his epic behind-the-scenes pictures, and he happened to be videoing the whole time, too. I love that we didn't even realize that we were being filmed. It was all filmed without the intention of anyone ever seeing it. I love that no one had on microphones and that the audio isn't always perfect. I love that sometimes the guys are filming their feet, not realizing the camera is still on. It's all so raw. Travis and I shot studio interviews like I usually do on the show to describe the details of the footage, and Travis immediately made the note that the interviews had to be removed. It was such a perfect call with the vibe of what we were creating. So he filmed us casually at home, reminiscing about our three weddings, all shot by Pierre instead of our usual production crew. As someone who has struggled with filming at times, as I'm sure you know, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to create such a beautiful documentary that means so much to us. The experience of being trusted and taking the creative lead and immersing myself in the process is one I'll always remember. I hope those of you who watch have some laughs, some tears, and may you enjoy spreading love and happiness. I really appreciated the context there. Me too. I love the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes. Yeah. It also makes so much sense like that they wanted to do it in this way, but also hearing that they were going to do the you know confessionals for Hulu and then they were like, wait, this is totally mismatched with what we're trying to create here, which makes so much sense. I mean, even Courtney herself kind of has a very self-aware call out in this Instagram by saying like, as someone who struggled with filming at times, as I'm sure you know, because (laughs) one thing we're going to do is know about her filming struggle. So I appreciate her acknowledging it and then also giving more reasoning as to why they chose to do it this way. It's also funny because as I was watching, like, like we said in the beginning, There's no part of me that's going to be a hater during this. I loved every minute of it. I am so happy for them. However, there were moments when the two of them are sitting in bed where she's like on top of his lap or they're kissing and making out on camera. And it's so clear that everybody's in the room with them where you have a moment of like, okay, this is like a little, it's a little much. But as she's explaining the decision to cut out the confessionals, you really realize like it would have been so disingenuous to do it any other way. Like that is exactly who they are. They're telling exactly their story and love it or hate it. That is truly how they were going to act in the retelling of that story, whether we were there or not. 
Right. And by the way, it's probably how they would have acted in the confessional as well. And if they did it in the setting of a confessional, it would have been probably more off-putting. You know what I mean? Like this actually made sense. I don't know. I agree with you. I'm sorry. I, I know sometimes it's so fun to just like harmlessly talk shit. I so get it. I am not above it. I just can't do it with this one. I'm sold. I'm in on it. Like we are as Jewish as they fucking come. And I am there in that chapel with his tattoo on her veil. And I'm like, you know, listening about Jesus and I'm loving it. Like I, I was so in deep on this, Julie. I can't even tell you. Yes. I was like, Corinthians, turn it up. Yes. Yes. Like I, like I had any fucking idea what they were talking about, but I was just all in. I mean, let's, let's start with Vegas because that is the most important footage. And let us all not forget, you know, at the time that this was happening, we didn't know much. We just heard bits and pieces of what was going on. I saw, I think, some paparazzi photos at the time. There was something on Dumois. I don't even fully remember, but we were kind of losing it, thinking they really did get married in Vegas. It then came out that they didn't, and the only reason that they couldn't was because it was closed. It was past the point where they were able to actually get that certificate. And I remember we were saying, you know, there was no way that they were going to actually do it. Like they wanted to make sure that at least Chris would be present, but that ended up not being true. Like hypothetically, if they could get that real marriage certificate and it could have been verified, they would have done the full thing in Vegas right there, like quote, officially. A hundred percent. By the way, like had they given me a special of just the Vegas footage, I would have been the happiest person on planet Earth. I was losing it. When Elvis called her Chloe, I thought I was going to fucking lose it. And then when she's lying on the floor and she's like, I got to FaceTime her. I'm like, please FaceTime her right now because I need to get Chloe's live reaction to you on the floor of this Vegas chapel post Grammys at 2 a.m. with Elvis calling her Chloe about to marry Travis. Like that is the, that is peak Kardashian content. What's so funny about it is I know that we didn't see it during the wedding special of Chloe being on FaceTime, but I remember that when they were on Jimmy Kimmel, and I believe they said this in season two of the Kardashians when they were recapping the Vegas wedding as well, that Chloe was on FaceTime with them during it. I think Kim said during the Kimmel interview, like she was asleep and woke up to a million missed texts about the fact that they had gotten married. But the insight of knowing that they weren't necessarily going to FaceTime Chloe in for the wedding and only decided to do it because Elvis called Courtney Chloe is like so minor, but like so important to having all of the information. No, like so important, obviously for us, but also I am so happy if I'm Chloe that Travis's drum tech decided to take his phone out and film this whole thing because, you know, the FaceTime after the fact is hilarious. The FaceTime before the fact, when you watch Courtney fall to the floor and say, we need to FaceTime Chloe, like that's it. No, like, oh my God, drunk Courtney is such a good fucking look. I know she is so much fun. And that's the thing about Courtney. And we've said this repeatedly throughout the years, like when Courtney is happy, she's one of the most fun Kardashians. Like it's electric. It's just that when she's not happy, that kind of permeates a room in a way that makes it so unenjoyable. So like this is Courtney at her best and it is so fun to be with her on this ride. By the way, it would be fun no matter what, but specifically being with her on this ride when she's laying on the floor of this Vegas chapel with Travis Barker is like 10 times more enjoyable because we've seen her at her absolute lowest with Scott. You know, it really spans the spectrum in terms of like the way that Courtney has approached life and the way that she's felt about where she's at. You know, even the fact that this took place in Vegas at all is such a clear difference between the version of Courtney that you were just saying in terms of, you know, when she's not happy, like it's so clearly on display. It is so impossible to ignore. And Vegas was such a huge part of that in her relationship with Scott. I mean, it was a huge trigger for both of them. A lot of their worst ever moments happened in Vegas. A lot of their biggest fights happened in Vegas or as a result of Vegas. We were just recapping the Bora Bora episode, which happens after Scott goes to Vegas and kind of lies to her about what went on there and admits to the fact that he started drinking again when they were there. And for so long, Vegas was a nightmare scenario for Courtney. To now fast forward to this stage of her life where she is drunk, carefree, in Vegas, having the best night of her life with Travis. I mean, that is a crazy jump to see. I know. And that's why this is one of those times where us having just done a rewatch of Keeping Up or I guess being in the process of doing this rewatch of Keeping Up is so valuable because it just intensifies the juxtaposition even of something as seemingly minor as just the concept of Vegas. Like, As far as I was concerned, 
for Courtney, for the rest of her life, Vegas was the place where Scott shoved the money into the waiter's mouth and embarrassed her and her entire family in a way that they like on some levels never recovered from, you know? And so now for this to be the place behind like one of the most fun nights of her life. Yeah. It is so fucking fun to watch this journey for her. Beyond so. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, so obviously we have that, which like nothing more to say other than just so much fun. So grateful we got the behind the scenes. So grateful someone had the wherewithal in the moment to take out the iPhone and start filming. That definitely enhance the experience and also kind of show that they have range. Like, yeah, they're going to do this glamorous, extravagant, luxurious Portofino situation, but also they're down to like lay on the floor with Elvis at 2 a.m. in Vegas. I can appreciate that for them. I mean, prime example of get you a girl who does both. (laughs) Exactly. Moving on to the other wedding, which again, we saw very minimal footage of, but this was Santa Barbara. And at the time we had seen paparazzi photos from this and photos that Courtney and Travis posted themselves. And the only people present were MJ, Courtney's grandma, and then Travis's dad. And at the time, I think we had thought it was because probably they couldn't make the trip to Italy, but watching this, they confirmed that, you know, both MJ and Travis's dad weren't able to make the flight. And so this was kind of their way of including them in like such a special way. To me, you know, that was the perfect way to do it. It really was. And I know that it made them feel so special. And I know that you know, those are two incredibly important people in their lives, obviously. And I think that had they done the Portofino wedding as the only wedding and kind of looked back on it, realizing that two very, very key players weren't able to make it. I think that I don't think they would have questioned the decision to do it there. But I think they would have always had it in the back of their mind. Whereas this way, they were able to do something like even more special and even more intimate with just the two of them. And then be able to go to Portofino and do it the way they wanted to without having to have that in the back of their minds, which made it even more special. Totally. Also, just as kind of a a general note about this whole thing, because it was so Courtney and Travis focused, obviously, given the fact that it was their wedding, but also because there were no other confessionals, didn't it almost feel like, wait, how do you guys know each other? Like, what's Kim doing there? Like, it's just so weird to watch an episode. I know this isn't an episode of Kardashians, but to watch 
any sort of an episode where it's all of them and then like not have these moments where you're seeing it from each of their individual perspectives. Like here we are seeing this footage of Kim, but then that's it. She was just a guest. Like I'm just so not used to Chloe, Chris, Kim just being guests. I'm used to them being main characters. Like they were just so not, which is exactly how I'm sure they wanted it and how Courtney wanted it. It was just like kind of an interesting viewing experience. I don't know if we've had in the same way. Right, because as you're watching every other wedding special, at every single point, you cut to a confessional where everybody else in the family gets to give their opinion. The cuts to a confessional of Kim sitting there where she would be like, you know, Courtney and Travis's love story or this one moment between Courtney and Travis. And it didn't lack that it didn't have it because it made it so much more about Courtney and Travis themselves. And that was the sole focus, like you said. But yeah, we've never really had that before where we didn't get to cut and see, you know, Kim and Chloe being snarky in a confessional together. Right. And also the other thing that I wanted to mention kind of in that same vein, just on a more general note about this special is that on the last season of Kardashians, we saw a lot of the lead up to this. You know, yes, they made the conscious decision that they didn't want their actual wedding done through the Kardashians show. But like we saw Courtney's wedding dress fitting. We saw Travis, you know, trying on his suit for the first time. We saw them going to Italy and doing some meetings about it. We saw them on the plane together and how, you know, big of a deal that was for him to, to fly. Like it was important context, I think, to have. Not that this wouldn't have hit the same, but it wasn't like Courtney was coming out and we were now seeing her dress for the first time. We knew what her dress was going to be like because we watched Stefano fucking ripping out the the boning with his teeth on last season. Right. And the other thing is that in the moment that the wedding was happening, it's not like we weren't getting any content. It's not like we hadn't seen anything and the first time that we saw a glimpse of the behind the scenes was in the Kardashians and we only saw a couple of paparazzi pictures and Instagram photos. Like We were following this content as it was happening in real time during the wedding. So my favorite thing about watching this special was being able to piece that all together. Like when they were on the boat, when they were going to the rehearsal dinner, when they were going to the welcome dinner, when they went to that lunch that they had to take the boat to, like to be able to see the logistics of where they went place to place to place, who was there, who was included in what, how they got there. Like we had spent so much time, I feel like watching the Insta stories come out and trying to piece together everything that was happening and to be able to actually see the logistics painted such a picture for us. I know it filled in the gap so perfectly. And I'm actually really happy that it went down in this order that we got some of the content before we got paparazzi photos before, and now we're getting the explanation. Like, yeah, we knew that those boat rides were a little bit bumpy on the way there, but we didn't realize that it was because it wasn't supposed to be that choppy that day. And like Courtney too was thrown off at that happening. Or the fact that, yeah, we saw that staircase. We didn't realize that Courtney's veil got stuck 10 times on the way down. Like all of these little pieces that made it for such a more enjoyable watch because you knew so much of the picture, but now you were getting what felt so much more intimate. And I do think it was really intimate. Like I believe Courtney when she says that she had no intention of this footage seeing the light of day. It's not something that Kim could say and I would believe, but Courtney can say it and I could totally believe it. And she's probably the only one of them that could say it. And I would believe it maybe with the exception of Kendall, you know, like there's no world that Kim is doing this whole thing and filming it with the expectation that it's not going to see the light of day. Like Kim is filming it with full audience engagement in mind. I believe Courtney and Travis when they say this was for themselves. And so there was a real intimacy to it that I don't know, to me increased the specialness. (laughs) You know what I felt like was one of the more intimate moments of the whole thing I know we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but I feel like that's how we're going to end up doing this whole thing. When we saw, weirdly enough, the complete photo shoot from in between the ceremony to the reception, and we saw all of their poses, all the locations they did it, every single thing about that photo shoot, I was like, wow, this is like real insight. Like these were really your wedding pictures that we are just watching the complete behind the scenes of like, this feels specifically and weirdly intimate for some reason. No, I know what you mean. And honestly, I kind of feel that way, generally speaking, when it comes to video behind the scenes of photo shoots, obviously with the wedding, that's like a whole other level. But even when it's a magazine cover and let's say we saw Kim's L cover and then on the show, they're showing the behind the scenes of the video of her getting that shot. Like it changes things because the final photo that you land on, that's because it was your favorite and you feel totally comfortable with it. You don't know exactly how you're going to feel about what it took to get there. Like one photo could take three hours to get. And there is something that feels very vulnerable about that, specifically when it's like you and your husband doing these crazy poses on a boat in the middle of Portofino. 
I know there are so many things that I'm picking up now as I'm thinking about them in retrospect of watching like exactly that like in the moment I was like wow this feels so intimate I couldn't put my finger on why it specifically stood out to me another thing that really specifically stood out to me in terms of like thinking about it now in retrospect is the little relationship dynamics that you got to see because it happened all so casually and so naturally because it wasn't being filmed for the show. It wasn't being filmed for the purpose of a goal. It just, you know, to see North with Courtney and arriving at a different location with Courtney and Kim leaving her and the dynamic between the two of them, to see Penelope and Chloe's relationship, to see Landon and and Courtney, like there were so many small, minor details and minor relationships and dynamics that I don't think that you would have gotten if it was a produced production of the weekend because I think that you know you would have had people making their specific entrances with their specific family members and you know hitting their quadrants hitting their marks coming in at the right time there was none of that here like everything about how they arrived everything about how they went place to place and who they were with was all just how it happened naturally Yes. And I am so glad that you bring up North and Courtney specifically, because honestly, that was one of my takeaways as well. And when I was trying to analyze why I was so tuned into that, I think it's because of course we know how close North and Penelope are. Like they're cousins, but they are also best friends. They have all the same friends, all of that. But another relationship we do talk about constantly is Kim and Courtney's and the fact that they're just seemingly not as close as they used to be. But I think what I forget in that is like, just because Kim and Courtney maybe aren't in the same place, it doesn't mean that each of them don't have really strong relationships with each other's kids. Like think about how much time Penelope spends at Kim's house without Courtney and vice versa. So like it makes so much sense. And of course I knew that was the fact, but I think because we focus so much about Kim and Courtney and how they're kind of in a seemingly more distant spot than they used to be, I forget about this part of it. I have so much to say about that. And I know it has nothing to really do with the wedding special, but it was a dynamic I couldn't help but picking up on. And I have to say... I don't know if I actually agree that Courtney and Kim are less close than they used to be. I think that they went through a rough patch, but when I think about the closeness of the three sisters of Chloe, Courtney, and Kim, it's undoubtedly Chloe and Courtney who are less close, like measurably less close than they used to be. But Kim and Courtney have always had a certain relationship that's been a little bit up and a little bit down and maybe a little distant at times, but like, you know, that's something that has continued across the board for the 20 years that we've known them. It's so Chloe and Courtney where that relationship is so different and so on display being different. And I think that Courtney and Kim had a little bit of a rough patch and I think they got back to a place where they were normal. And I actually think a step further than that is something we talk about a lot is the fact that Chloe and Kim have really bonded in terms of their parenting. Like I think that when Chloe looks for advice or guidance, she really turns to Kim because Kim's parenting is much more aligned with her parenting as opposed to Courtney's. But when Kim looks for advice with parenting, she is going to Courtney. And so I think that's something that they really bond over. And I think it's an aspect of their relationship that we haven't fully analyzed enough and an aspect of their closeness that still really exists. And I actually think has strengthened over time. And so to see the connection that, North so clearly feels with Courtney was really a strong example, not just of the fact that Courtney and Penelope have this relationship that exists even when Courtney and Kim aren't in the best spot, but it actually really showed me that Courtney and Kim are probably in a better spot than we have it in our heads to be. I don't, yeah, it's hard. I, I, I get frustrated because I know that I can't fully articulate what I mean and primarily because <laughs> how do you articulate a really well thought out analysis of a relationship dynamic of two people that you don't know? Like the entire thing is inherently delusional and I and I get that and I'm aware of that sometimes when I'm thinking it through. I think it's just doing this rewatch is, is really tuning me in and like reminding me of, I don't know, I guess the way that I view all of this. I don't know. I It's not that I think that they're not close. Obviously they're close. They're always going to be close. I just think it's different. It's like for a while there, it was because Courtney was in such a bad place. And I think Kim just like had no patience for her. Like you saw in some of those later seasons of Keeping Up, they, it was hard for them to even be in the same room. Courtney, Kim like really could not stand her and kind of vice versa. I think now it's not that they're in a bad place or not that they're less close. I think it's more so that like, as Courtney says, you know, throughout this wedding special, she now has this nuclear family with Travis. And it's so nice that she has this like own world that she can kind of 
just dive into. And because of that, it's not that it made them less close, but I think it, you know, it's like less time spent together in a way, right? So I guess what I'm saying in terms of the way that I view it is like the reasoning for them not being maybe as close as they used to isn't necessarily because of these negative things that were going on like they were towards the end of Keeping Up, but maybe more so just because they both have other things going on in their like immediate lives and they're not as involved in each other's day-to-day as I view a Kim and Chloe to be. Does that make sense? Right. No, it it does. I would be so interested to hear what what they said about it. It's also when you said they have their own things going on in each other's lives, an element of this whole special that I had actually forgotten about, I think until just this moment, is that while he wasn't there, Kim and Pete were fully, fully dating at this time. I know. And honestly, I wasn't even thinking about that while watching it, but I'm so glad you brought that up now because it's true. I mean, she was deep in the Pete era then. (laughs) You know who else was there that we didn't see on this or we could have seen, but I didn't notice it if we did? Little Huddy, aka Chase Hudson, Charlie D'Amelio's ex-boyfriend. And as we know, Charlie D'Amelio is Landon Barker's current girlfriend, meaning Landon had a plus one to the wedding and he brought his best friend at the time that is now his current girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. You know what? I fucking completely forgot that he was there. That is such a funny element of it. But I have to say, Em, when you were saying and starting that sentence with like, you know, somebody who was there who we didn't see on camera, and I want to get into this a little bit, I thought you were going to say Mason. No, I know. And that's another one. Like we know for a fact, 100% Mason was there, but it is so clearly his wishes to not be included at all in anything to do with the show, with filming, with publicity. I mean, think about how strategic they had to be to really not include him because we know for a fact that he was there. Even when Courtney is sitting on the bed and she's looking through the photos, she specifically points out a photo of Mason and Carl. It just, it was very much a intentional decision to not feature him. And I have to imagine that's because of his wishes. It was so intentional. And I also have to imagine that in the beginning of the episode where Courtney points out the picture of Mason, that was incredibly intentional too, knowing that if she didn't do that throughout the episode, people were going to question whether or not he was there. And I think that she wanted to be able to point out, yes, 100%, of course, he was at the wedding without making it this whole big thing without making it something that really needed attention called to. But I guess the question that I have about it is, was this done 100%? He just doesn't want to be on camera. He's not interested in the show. He's not interested in being shown, which I completely understand, of course. Or was it that with a combination of really not wanting to be a part of the wedding in the same capacity as everybody else. And, you know, there's a scene in the first season of Kardashians where I, and we reference this one all the time, because I think this stood out to me probably the most of any scene of the new show where Kim is talking to Chris about North and Mason being in her car and Mason having a conversation with North kind of in regards to, you know, Kim dating Pete, where Mason saying, you know, having a stepdad isn't too bad. It's not like this awful thing that you see in the movies. Like, it's kind of cool. And so we know that there is a background there of Mason kind of struggling a little bit with this. And I wonder if his response to not being in the wedding is just 100% doesn't want to be on camera. Or if there is something a little bit deeper that, of course, Courtney respected as he kind of went through the motions of adjusting to this, this new life of his. I know. I don't know. And I honestly feel kind of weird speculating about it. Like I'd be lying to you if I said that that wasn't a thought for me. Cause like, of course I'm curious. I I genuinely don't know. And I think it's like not the most kosher of us to kind of like speculate as to where that's at. But a hundred percent, that was like fully a thought process I was having. Although honestly, I kind of think it's just like, he has no interest in being filmed, which I totally get. Like, I honestly think if I was one of their kids, I would take that route as well. Like, just leave, leave me out of this. Like, I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to celebrate it, but I don't need the, the like publicity of it all. So I, I think it's very possible that it's that one. I don't know. The one that we have to talk about though, is yes, you could make the argument that it's possible Rob was there and just intentionally not filmed. The reason that I don't think he was there is because in none of the speeches, even like when when uh, Chris says, all my children come up here, or even when uh, Travis is like in his speech outlining all of the different siblings, he doesn't mention Rob. Meaning I, I, re- I think that we were right, that Rob just wasn't at the wedding, right? I think Rob wasn't at the wedding. And I can't say that I'm shocked by that decision, 
I can say that I'm shocked by the absolute zero acknowledgement of him in any way, shape or form. And I understand like there's comparisons that could be drawn between, you know, not really calling attention to the Mason thing and not calling attention to the Rob thing and wanting to respect them both individually and, you know, their wishes of of how they want to be perceived by the public and perceived in the show and perceived in this special, of course. I do, however, think that there's a very big difference between respecting Mason's wishes as a child and not acknowledging the fact at all that, like, <laughs> Rob exists. You know what I mean? Like, it uh, for a second as I'm watching this, actually for more than a second, throughout the entire special as I'm watching this, the thought about Rob did not cross my head. It wasn't until you said it after I was like, oh, my God, yeah. Wait, I was so aware of it. I For some reason, I was so tuned into it. I don't know why. I think it was because I was like waiting for Travis in his speech to to mention, you know, to, to mention him or even like Landon when he was like, all the sisters have been so welcoming, which I totally believe, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Julie. It's like the biggest mystery because it's one that we get absolutely no insight to. And I think that we probably will continue to get no insight to unless Rob miraculously decides that he wants to have a part in the Kardashians, which I just can't envision happening, like meeting the show. But yeah, I was really, really thinking about that a lot. I, I, I don't know. I mean, clearly it doesn't impact like their relationship, and and I'm sure Courtney like respected his his wishes. I don't know. It's just something that I'm consistently curious about, and I've kind of just accepted that it's something they are they or he is choosing to keep really private, and like we kind of just got to respect that. And I totally do. I just would be lying if I said I wasn't so extremely curious about it. Because also, like I kind of said, there's a really big difference between respecting his wishes and his privacy and not showing him, him not showing up, him not wanting to be on camera, them not showing him in Insta stories, any of that. Totally. That's that's completely different than absolutely zero acknowledgement. And again, it may be Rob's wishes. It may be Rob's wishes to not be spoken about on camera, to not be, you know, kind of associated in this way. But yeah, I I, I would be lying if I said that I didn't, it really is something that I think about. Like I'm really, really thinking about it now. I, I hear you. I'm really thinking about it as well. I also have to tell you that the moments when they would talk about Robert, you know, not only when Chris gave Courtney the ring that Robert gave her at their wedding or just, you know, various moments when Courtney would get emotional about it or Travis in his speech mentioning him. That was, that hit me so fucking hard. Like I actually, I wait, what I wanted to say to you is that I forget when she was saying it. I think maybe it was when they were in bed and she was kind of like giving a pseudo confessional. And she said, you know, after my dad died, I was so crushed at the fact that he wouldn't be at my wedding that like I just decided I was never going to get married because he wasn't going to be there. And I know that obviously throughout her relationship with Scott, it was also because of the fact that Scott was just not a partner that she thought was suitable to be married to. Like it was definitely a combination of both and other reasons as well. Like I don't think that Courtney ever fantasized about marriage maybe in the way that's expected like a woman of that age too or whatever the you know how people would think that like quote girls do but i i don't know if i realized that it was some of it was the association of knowing her dad wasn't going to be there because like that is something i'm sorry just on a personal note for a second like that is something i'm dealing with so intensely right now because obviously my mom died when i was about to turn 24 i'm now 28 and i'm at this age where so many of my friends are getting engaged. I'm constantly surrounded by it. And like I, I was saying to my therapist a few weeks ago, this really weird thing is happening for me where my whole life I thought about my wedding. And it was something that brought me so much joy. And I'm having such a hard time doing it now because the vision that I had in my mind for so long is no longer existent. Like the idea of her standing up there with me, walking me down the aisle with my dad, like it doesn't exist because she's not physically here. And so it's so hard to be excited about something that I don't even know how to envision because the vision that I had for the last 20 something years of my life is impossible to create. And I just felt like it was one of those moments where when people say, you know, talking about grief is so helpful because it helps other people who feel so isolated. It, It was like exactly that. And I know it's the kind of thing that you can't understand unless you've been through it. And goddamn, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. Like, I hope that you are watching this and you can't relate to that feeling. I so badly wish. But if you are somebody that unfortunately can, whether it's a parent 
or another loved one that you so badly wanted at your wedding and now they won't be. I just want you to know like I was right there with you and it hit me so hard as well because it is the, the most painful realization and unfortunately something that like we have to come to terms with because it's just life and we move on and we have these beautiful days and we have to trust in our hearts that the person is there and they're with us and they're there in spirit. But it is like, it is so isolating and so painful. And I just felt for her in such a serious way. And I, if you're someone that that hit for, like, I just want you to know you're, you're, you're really not alone, even though it feels like you so are. Oh, it's so rough. It sucks. It's the worst club to be in. I wish I wasn't in this club, but if you are, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> you really have me crying over here. I know there's like nothing for you to say. It's a, it's a shitty I, position I like, to be there. I know. I, I know. I'm sorry. I know. I don't, ex I know it's like the word like, we honestly should just put an ad break. Like what are you supposed to say? I get it. There's nothing that anybody can say. It's, it's just, it is very painful. And I would be lying if I said, it's not something I think about every single day of my life. And that's me. That's like me. Who's really fucking spiritual and like talks to my mom on a daily basis, like fully believes she's right here with us. I mean, me and Julie can't see a dragonfly without me being like, Oh, guess my mom agrees with what we're saying. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm so tuned into that world. I do the whole medium thing. I do the whole psychic thing, but at the end of the day, like there's nothing like a, a physical presence. And so it's just, it sucks. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt for her. You know, and the one other element also, um, is Travis also lost a parent, you know, Travis's mom died. I think the story is that she died the day before he started high school. And so that was such a bonding element for the both of them. And I think made it an even more emotional day for both of them because they were able to bond over the fact that they both didn't have a parent there. I mean, for Travis, he was so lucky because his father was able to join him for the Santa Barbara wedding, but he wasn't able to be in Italy. And so he kind of didn't have two parents that were presently there. And he says about, you know, before he went out, he was talking to his mom and, and, I think that for Courtney to be able to get married and have it so in the back of her head that her dad wasn't going to be there and have that fact known for a very long time. And for Travis to understand that on a level that only somebody who lost a parent possibly could, I think made her feel so much safer in regards to the day. I think I honestly think so too. And it really hit me when Travis said, you know, like I was talking to my mom the whole morning, like that's something you really can't explain to someone unless they too have spoken to this, you know, person that's no longer physically with us, like in a moment of, of deep emotional intensity. It's really, yeah. Oh God, that was, that was so much. Let's, let's put an ad break for a second. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Just to infuse a little levity for a second, I honestly think best four seconds of this entire special is when they flash to Kim eating the pasta. They then go to MGK and he's like slurping up this spaghetti and the videographer asks, ooh, can, can you have some too? You can kind of have it together like a lady in the tramp moment. And Megan Fox with such conviction is like, mm, I actually don't eat gluten. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole episode. Like, 
No, like, took me the fuck out. I posted that on our story just, like, impulsively because I, I, I couldn't believe we were getting that content. It was so minor, but clearly they recognized how good of a clip it was because they kept it in. Like, this is the most intimate thing. We didn't even get a, a moment alone of Kim, but we got Megan Fox declaring her gluten allergy. Like, it felt important, and I'm glad that they knew how important it was. I can't believe we didn't have a girl that studied abroad in Florence pop out and say, no, actually, I'm gluten-free too, but it just doesn't do the same thing to you when you're there. Like, the ingredients are just so much more fresh. Like, I'm lactose intolerant. Also, I can have all of the cheese here. Like, everything is totally okay. No, that's so funny, Julie. They just need a button of, like, any girl that went to a Big Ten school and was gluten intolerant. Oh, my God. That is so fucking niche and so, like – Oh my God, that is fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, like for the people that will understand just how funny that is, they, they they will get it. But okay, other thing that I just did want to mention for a second, I'm kind of just going through this outline and seeing what we didn't hit on because as expected, this ended up being just a little bit all over the place, which I'm honestly happy. I always prefer those. But I did just want to say, not that it was a surprise to see Chris get emotional. I mean, I think that Chris would be this emotional at any one of her kids' weddings. However, as we know, I think that for a lot of her life, Chris has harbored a little bit of guilt given the fact that she knew on some level Courtney harbored some resentment for her based on the way that her marriage to Robert ended and potentially like, not that it tarnished the idea of marriage for Courtney, but I think there was some part of Chris that maybe felt that way or felt a little bit guilt associated with that. I'm not saying that as eloquently as I probably could, but if you've been watching from the beginning, you know what I mean. And I think that that's a reason that this was additionally emotional for Chris. And we saw that when they first got engaged. Like, that was really fully on display. And, yeah, you you totally saw that with Chris. It And especially for them to do it in Portofino and in this really magical place and how much she loves Travis and knows how good and amazing of a guy that he is. Like, it's not just that, you know, Courtney worked through enough things to be able to say that she wanted a wedding and to actually go through with this idea of, of marriage – but to actually find somebody who like made it so worth it, yeah, I, I it was incredibly emotional for obviously all of them, but Chris specifically. I also have to say that in terms of people that really made me lose it in this episode, Landon saying in his speech to Courtney that she filled a missing piece of his heart was like, I am, I fucking lost it. I know, it was such a beautiful moment. And also because... The, the part that can't be lost here, which isn't lost here, I mean, they constantly reminded us, is like they have been family friends for so long now. So it wasn't as though Landon in Alabama and Atiana had to meet this new person that was then not only being introduced as their stepmom, but also just being introduced to them as a human being. Like they had known Courtney for forever. And so it's just in addition to her taking on this role so gracefully and perfectly as their stepmom, she also had been a trusted figure in their life for years now. And I just think having that built-in comfort is like – amazing. I I honestly like bottom line is that I'm just so fucking happy for everyone involved here. I love this. I don't care. I don't care that it was done in what some could call an anticlimactic way. I thought it was perfect and I loved it and I am so happy we got it. When Travis was giving his speech and he was like Penelope, Mason, Rain, Alabama, Landon, Atiana, Carl, I was, I almost called your dad and was like, if you ever get remarried, are you going to say my name? A hundred thousand percent. Our, our group chat with me, Julie, as well, and my dad is called Steve's Daughters. <laughs> I mean, that's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Obviously, he would never, he would never not met you. First of all, he wouldn't be given a speech. That would be the real miracle. I, well, I, I know because the real thing is like, even if he was giving a speech, you would have written it and like, I would have helped you. Like, you know what I mean? Like we would have done it together as an activity. He's like, obviously like you and I fucking around would have put my name in it anyway. But I do, I do think that if he was like thanking everybody for being here and like individually listing his family members, it would have like, Emma and Julie and Isabel, like we all, like all of us would have been included. Yeah. And Carly and Jake, a thousand percent. Oh my God. No, stop. I'm not, I can't. I can't cry again. This has been really emotional. Not just the episode watching, this podcast recording. I can't. We have to like go back to only the dancing and, and Megan Fox not eating gluten. I know. I know. Trust me. I, I think I felt. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, is there anything else that you want to mention at all, Julie, about anything? I know we probably missed some things, but like we said the parts that clearly were on our mind the most. It was just an amazing watch. It wasn't even to break down. Like, I really think that everybody 
whether you were invested in this couple or not, whether you watch Kardashians or not, honestly, Em, for the Italy alone of it, will love watching this so much. Every time I saw a lemon on a table during the special, I was instantly happy. I know. Oh, that lemon centerpiece really fucked me up. And the boats, the stairs, it just, it was beautiful and Italian and, you know, mazel tov to them, wish them nothing but the best. Lucky to us that we got to watch it. And I think that is all for this week. We love you guys. We'll see you next week for our regular episode. And then, I mean, for Kardashians, we'll be back next week to recap the final part of Kim and Chris Humphrey's wedding special, which by the way, if you're listening to these and you haven't been listening to those old recaps, I'm telling you, our, our episode last week was one of my favorite that we have ever done ever. Like, honest to God. Me too. And I just want to say a little prayer that you and I come back here on Monday for a full freak out breakdown because we got pictures of Kylie and Timmy at Coachella. Like I just, I want to just put it into the universe. I mean, listen, from your mouth to God's ears and let us say, amen. Amen. (laughs) Okay. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening and letting us do this. And if you enjoyed the podcast and want to leave five stars, it would be so amazing, but no pressure. Thank you.